Hey, White Sox fans! It is the improv uh, edition of Sox Populi. We like to call it Sox Pop, derived from the Latin. It is the Mothership Podcast. I think I had the number wrong last time because, you know, I was gone for a while. <laughs> so don't blame me for not keeping up. Uh, I believe we're at 159 now. So we march toward 200 or 175 or whatever it is until we all expire and never do these again. Yeah, why are we doing a, why are we doing a White Sox podcast? What's there to talk about? I clearly... It's a real popular choice because I have with me just one guy. This is a throwback to 2018, 2019, when it was like, hey, Brett and Joe Reese's, or hey, uh, Brett and uh, bye. those people are all, anybody else is probably gone at this point. Uh, we are used to having these large Brady grid podcasts. Uh, apparently, apparently the staff is protesting. Apparently Southside Sox says, you know what? Enough. I don't care if the delightful and charming host Brett Valentini is on this podcast or the uh, uh, clever, fun, sometimes smiling, not always. Uh, Brian O'Neill is on this podcast. I'm just not going to show up. So, you know, hey, to heck with you guys. We're just doing it. It's me and Brian. Uh, hardcore, uh, probably 15 minute long uh, podcast. But, hey, you know, we want to do one for the for the day off. Uh, Brian, hey, thanks for joining me on Sockpop. It's my pleasure to be here. This is there's stuff to talk about always. I hope. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, I like to do numbers up top that will inform the rest of the podcast. So let me do that. I bothered to look them up. White Sox are are this is in in progress. We are we are talking uh, Brian and I on Wednesday night. White Sox are actually winning. We know from last night that is by no means a guarantee that they will win, so they may not be swept by the Kansas City Royals. As of right now, as of this moment, Brian, White Sox 53 and 86. It's a re- it's a number that doesn't even seem like it's possible. A 381 winning percentage that seems again, it doesn't seem like that's a possible baseball team winning percentage. That 381 does project if you round up to a 62 and 100 record although technically right now they are by percentage points worse than the 2018 team uh right now the white Sox, if the season ended and lord we are praying that it just stops on september 5th 6th 7th whatever they would uh this current team would be the sixth the sixth worst team in white Sox history that history stretches if you count the one year not even in the major leagues 123 years. Uh, so this is not, you know, this isn't the Colorado Rockies. This is long history to be the sixth worst. Um, Cause I'm just, just riffing uh, Brian. Let me, let me zoom around here on the interwebs to uh, baseball reference. And let's uh, the, the purpose of it is can the white Sox catch another team? It really doesn't look like it. I don't think they can crack the top five. 1931 is next on the mark. Their winning percentage, 366. That's going to be tough. I wouldn't put it past the White Sox, but that's going to be tough. So it seems like right now the question is sixth worst, seventh worst. Do they somehow get hot and like fall down the top 10? They're not going to not finish in the top 10, which is, I mean, it's impossible. we're to get to this, Brian. It's just, it's absolutely ludicrous. The White Sox have a negative 159 run differential. That is just two, and it projects to a 63 and 99 record. So it's it's actually pretty accurate. However, just run differential, it's not that much better than the Royals, as if we can't tell based on this series. 
their their projected run differential records actually just two games better than the Royals, which is again just unconscionable and embarrassing. White Sox fourth fourth worst in baseball. Um, the A's and Kansas City still count worse than them. And Colorado right now, I mean, the White Sox could very easily end this season third worst in baseball. Colorado's the team from the National League that says, hey, wait, we're awful too. Uh, we, have, we have what, like 10, 15% of the A's wins? Like yeah, uh, and, and runs. And we've given, yeah. and they, they've scored like 20% of their, I mean, some ridiculous amount of their runs because the White Sox decided to be so very generous to the A's. Um, I'll get to another thing I looked up because I should give Brian a chance to speak. This isn't a solo. We've only done one solo podcast ever when the <laughs> pandemic hit and we didn't know what was going on uh, when I just talked briefly to our Southside Sox. Uh, faithful, but we are on the Fans First Sports Network. We are having fun with these podcasts, even though this team is decidedly not fun, Brian. And I do this often just to I guess, you know, a gut check thing. Obviously not much has changed since we've talked last, but last any other insights you have about this team, feeling better, feeling worse? Uh, where are you at with the Chicago White Sox, given that we still have essentially a month to play? Uh, I feel somehow worse. Last podcast was <laughs> the day before the big announcement. Big yeah. announcement. And, you know, I know Chris Getz is a company man. I know he's a yes man. He's a kid. I can say that. He's 35. Yeah. Older than that, I can still say he's a kid. Um, he's gotten a big job that he doesn't have the the feet size to fill the shoes. But the idea that he just said, you know, Grafal is the manager next year. He's our guy next year. Like no matter what, like to back yourself into that corner is such a rookie corporate mistake yeah. that it, it drove me insane. Like, yeah. say, hey, we love the job he's doing. We're good. every single question he asked was, I'm going to look into it. I'm yeah. going to look into. We got to think about that, which, by the way, you should have thought about some of this stuff beforehand. But that was the one thing that he was definitive on. And it's yeah. absurd. Like, and and Brian, what can you think of as the a possible positive outcome of that kind of vote of confidence? I mean, we're, we have a month left in the season, and I guess you could make a, you know, you could see, I guess you could see some culture change in September, which sort of doesn't count. I mean, there isn't really any logical purpose to he's our guy i mean the only, right the only I mean, thing of, and it's not it's not logical in the sense that you or i or a child or like right. any animal think of logic <laughs> but like the the reinsdorfian logic behind this change is that we're going to contend next year so to say like we're tearing everything down to say you know there's nothing in place here that's good would obviously we know that it's we're not going to contend next year but gets can't say we're going to fire the manager and start from scratch and still prop up Jerry's uh, misguided belief, lie, whatever you think, if he's full of cognitive dissonance or full of shit. Like, I don't know which one it is, but if gets rid of fire Grafal or to say, we can't, we're just going to start over, then that that gives lie to Jerry's idea that we're going to rebound next year, which we all know is a lie, but that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, well, yeah, even even with the caveat of it's the AL Central, we're not going to contend next year, which, again, which is such a reset yeah. from coming into this year where we could sit where there was debate. Uh, we had the low picks, I think, um, uh, uh, Crystal and Tommy, I think at 77 wins. That was the low 
I mean, we had some folks high 70s, 80, 500 ish, and that was considered maybe a little dour, dismal, or realistic. But I mean, you know, that was like a, a prove it pick. We had folks, not necessarily pointing anybody out, but we have folks who had them had the White Sox approaching the Tony Larusa 2021 team of of low 90s, 92, 93. I don't know if 92 was high. I think you were somewhere around 91, 92. So I mean, you know, I don't blame you. It's like, hey, I'm following this team. I'm writing on this team. I want something to be excited about. I mean, I don't blame you at all. Um, I mean, I remember my argument for that was that like in 2022, I thought everything that went wrong went wrong yeah. and they finished 500 yeah. and i was yeah. like the odds of that just on a pure yeah. human moral arc of the universe you can't have everything go wrong again but more did like a billion times more yeah and yeah i just i just baffled by it yeah you're not wrong for thinking that i mean granted you know we can be you know um, um, um cynical uh, I've been the low person picking at least one year, maybe maybe the first two years. I was the one person not to pick the team for the playoffs when they actually made the playoffs. Okay, so I mean, you know, I mean, you know, you can double down. Just you know, I mean, you know, I still I wasn't I wasn't the low pick, although I was I was a, a below five hundred pick. There were there were a few, but I think more people had five hundred plus, uh, if nothing else, with the logic of being. And I think that was an argument made. You made it. I think uh, Darren Black made. It. I mean, there were people made it. Said, listen, it's it's also part of the division. You know, we're going to come. We have to compete because of this division, and that is not was not a crazy position to take at all because this division is awful. It's terrible. Yeah, it, it seems like you could luck your way into seventy five wins without trying, and then a few breaks, and you get eighty five, ninety wins, and it just. But not only did they not have any breaks, they had all the anti breaks, and they just like failed to capitalize on anything and just were so amazing at losing games. Like I know the Royals are worse and the A's are worse, but the White Sox <laughs> figured out ways to lose games that yeah. we had a bulk off yesterday. Bulk off. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I know it's, it's not entirely unprecedented, but it's rare. It's weird. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah I think we talked about this last week. Like Saxon's always had a chip on the shoulder about our anonymity and it sucks that to become a laughing stock. Not just mm-hmm. for being bad at baseball, but for it just been revealed that this is maybe one of the worst run organizations in sports. Mm-hmm. Just, and, and I know players can't turn it off and on. They can't just decide to win games or lose games. But if there was any thought of like, oh well, we got we got Han out of we didn't like Rick Han, so we got him out of there. Or we didn't like the swagger of Ken Williams, so we got him out of there. Or there's a change. I mean, the the the, the cliche of you know change the coach, fire the coach fire the manager and then you get this bump. I know it's late in the season for that and this team is is lousy, but the idea that there was zero bump, the idea that they have still again we still have like an inning and a half tonight to maybe get that first Chris Getz win, but the idea that they went basically over oh, a week after this change, well that's I mean not to read too much into it, but that's not heartening. That's certainly not like hey, they're really going to respond to Chris Getz cuz he's like, you know, their age or whatever. I mean, that, that ain't yeah. happening. Like, I don't know. I know you've worked a number of jobs and there's been some jobs that you've liked more than others. Same with me. And we sometimes forget that ballplayers are humans and they're just like, why am I busting my hump for this thing? That doesn't matter. And of course, they're, they're, they're athletes. They have pride. They want to do the best. I don't think anyone's just going up there with like the bat on their shoulder and just throwing it. <laughs> anything. But like, it affects you. It impacts you. It impacts the, your preparation. It impacts your passion for the job. And like, 
you know, I sometimes have, you know, I've worked jobs that I didn't like where I couldn't write copy for ads, which is the easiest thing in the world, like, because I didn't care about it. Mm -hmm. I don't care if I feel like my organization is bad. It's probably a lot harder to hit a 99 mile hour fastball with movement. Mm -hmm. Like you're just going up there and you're wondering what, what awful thing is going to happen next. So I think it's the players play bad. They played uninspired. They played sloppy. I think a lot of times because this organization is so garbage, we let players off the hook, but I, I players, I can't imagine doing what they do. I can imagine making better choices than hiring Chris Getz. So, yeah, let, let, before we take our brow, I was going to jump to a break, but let's jump on that because we saw Lance Lincoln traded and there was a, a bump in his performance. Uh, I think Lucas maybe had one good game before he like tanked a season or whatever. Uh, generally, the guys, at least in, in the immediate aftermath of the trade deadline being traded, uh, did well. And the immediate response from everybody is, and believe me, I, I want to vote for this, but I'm going to be the, I'm going to be a little cynical about it here uh, of like, Oh, well, look, you know, now Lance Lynn's got coaching. So he's, you know, he's, he's good guy. You know, they unlock something, you know, you can take that the other way. And I'm curious to know how you feel about it, Brian. You can take it the other way and say, you know, these guys didn't, I mean, obviously Lance Lynn doesn't want to play his way out of league. He wants to get another contract. He, you know, he wants to make millions. He wants to contribute. He wants to, you know, be in the hall of fame, whatever. Okay. I mean, I'm sure the guy's got pride for him, not picking on Lance, but I mean, he's, he's the guy who I probably had the most dramatic turnaround because he was God awful this year for the White Sox. And this assumption of, oh, well, Hey, he's on a, he's in a winning organization now. So he cares now, or they're getting the best. I mean, clearly the defense I'm sure is my, for the Dodgers is better than the White Sox defense. The vibes are better. Uh, you're in, you're in a, you're in a pennant race, you're leading a division. So it's like, Hey, you know, I better keep up with these guys instead of uh, go out and throw batting practice. But the notion, the automatic notion of, well, uh, clearly this is just another indictment of the White Sox. I'm not sure this could be a chicken and egg argument, but it could also be, you know, part of the reason why the White Sox are pushing hundred wins is because Lance Lynn was dog food all season long. And I'm not sure it's like, cause you know, Ethan Katz didn't, you know, help him out. That could very well be it. And I'm not dismissing that, but the notion that it's automatically, well, this is just another indictment of the White Sox. I'm not sure is true either. I wonder what your, your thoughts might be on that. No, that's a great point. And I, yeah, you're right. Like it's chicken and the egg. I think it's really hard to unravel what it is, everything, but like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it, it's not an indictment of the White Sox as much as I'm trying to figure out how to wear this. Like that Lynn, just because he didn't want to pitch here doesn't mean he shouldn't have pitched here. And that it sucks that enough players who were not happy with the organization still didn't do the job that they were paid to do. And I know that makes me sound like the most curmudgeonly guy in the world. And I, I don't want to back myself into that corner, yeah. but yeah, at some point it becomes it's self-fulfilling. It becomes this cycle. Um, and yeah, like I would have much rather see Lynn care, but he didn't yeah. get this last year other than kind of personal pride. And it shows. And yeah, maybe you just, I don't even know if it's necessarily like the White Sox are the White Sox. So Lynn couldn't pitch well here, but Maybe he just got an emotional bump playing in games that mattered. Games hadn't mattered since May. We knew the season was over by the end of April. If I'm going to pick a side, I am going to pick against the White Sox. But the notion that it's like this 100%, oh, well, God, clearly he's on the Dodgers now. So, of course, he's going to pitch well. They they unlocked him. They saw into yeah, a soul. Oh, winning. bull crap. Come on. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, nuts. That's, that's nuts. You know, I mean, I'm still, I'm still going to be – more anti-socks than I am like, well, I'm not a company man here on this, but the, 
you know, the, the stuff we heard immediately was like, well, of course he's pitching great again. He's got, he has oxygen now. It's like, come on. <laughs> come the Dodgers coach is like, hey, have you tried throwing better? And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you even think about that? Hey, you know, Lance, don't worry about the salads. Just pitch. <laughs> oh, my God. That's such a weight off of my shoulders. Oh, yeah. geez. The announcer won't pick on me anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Brian, let's take a quick break. Uh, let's get out of the way. Uh, we have no live copy to read. Sorry, contest over. You either won the tickets from Fans First Sports Network or you didn't. Again, worth five up to five thousand dollars. So I hope if you did win, you're you're spending the, that ticket money wisely. Uh, but we don't have that live copy, so you'll just have to read. Uh, have to listen to some canned commercial again. Hopefully not gambling. We're not really into that. But if it is, hey, you know, whatever. Maybe it's a cool new wrinkle on sports gambling, or maybe it isn't. Maybe it's. Shamwow or slap chop. I hope it's that because th that stuff is fun and it might make you laugh. Anyhow, in a minute or two, we'll be back. Uh, maybe someone will join us or else it's just going to be me and Brian. And if you're into that, hey, we got a second half of a show that's going to be fun. We promise we won't take up too much of your time because how could we possibly do that in good conscience? This is the Chicago White Sox 2023 on track to be the sixth worth team in White Sox history. We don't really want to belabor <laughs> that point any more than we have to. We promise we will be back in a minute or two, so hang with us. Uh, catch you in a bit. Hey, White Sox fans, Brett Valentini, lucky enough to host Sox Populi on the Fans First Sports Network. I believe it is number 159. 159 of these, Brian, and I've been part of almost all of them. What is wrong with me? Uh, Brian, let's I, I want to highlight something I looked up, and Lord knows I don't ever want to waste any of the very valuable research I do five minutes before these podcasts go live. Um, so I want to talk about, and this is something I looked up uh, along with this podcast. We're going to run another race to the bottom, which again is a series that I that I We're authored in 2018, thinking we would never have to revisit this again. Earlier this season, when they got off to such a perplexingly horrible start. I did um, dust it off, um, got it out of the mothballs uh, because at the time they were, I don't think they were quite as bad as they were even now, but I mean, they were like in the running for 10 worst teams or whatever. So it's like, well, all right, let's examine this club. Let's do this stupid little series again. Cause look at this. It snuck up on us. A contention window was nailed shut. Uh, and so now let's go the other direction with it on the other side of the, on the ass end of the contention window, uh, because it looks like we're not even going to be a 500 team. And it, it played out a hundred games ago was when uh, roughly hundred games ago was the last time or I did the one race to the bottom. We're doing another race to the bottom uh, here today. And one thing I think I wrote on in the first race to the bottom article my research is weak. I didn't even bother to read it, but was um, what the worst great player on these bad teams were. Luis Robert was already on pay at that time. I think he already had, he gobbled up like two war really quickly. He got off to a pretty fast start and then he had that terrible slump. So like got erased, but I mean, he's pretty much been star level. He's got 5.1 war right now, which is all star level. He's been the clear great player on this team. Uh, the other Two players of note barely have his war. Uh, Lucas Giglio, 2.6 before he went and tanked his war with other teams. 
Uh, so roughly half. Mm -hmm. And the redacted starter, who has actually pitched better than any of us thought, better than at least his early peripherals were indicating. I don't know how that's changed. He's had a really terrible start since, but he's at 2.3 war, which is not even half of Luis Robert. And interestingly, uh, Brian, uh, like the 1970 team had both Tommy John and Luis Aparicio both yeah. at like star level. They actually played really well. There's oh. only one. All right. Again, I'm, I'm, if you're not watching, you can't see me like clicking and looking things up because I'm so devoted yes. to this. Um, the one team clearly without even the Luis Robert. Generally, the White Sox of this season are repeating what we've seen in the past where there's at least one player who's pretty close to that all-star level. And then maybe there are other guys like a three war, two, two and a half war. You know, the, clearly there can't be that much war on this team because they're terrible. You know, <laughs> I mean, the Pedro Grafal is not so bad that he's taking, you know, the uh, – the Los Angeles Dodgers and turning them into a hundred loss team. But I want to say it's this, no, it's not the 1931 team. There's a team with Luke Appling that was really, truly awful. I can't find what there's one team that is clearly worse than even this Luis Robert team where we don't even have like a five war player, but generally speaking, this team has fallen in line where there's like one guy, Oh, yeah. Like in the case of 1970, terrible, terrible season. The White Sox will not be this that bad this year. Uh, actually, had two real frontline stars producing, and that that means that the whole the rest of the team must have been like close it's to hard. negative war. Um, so, uh, you know, this team is falling in line. Uh, Luis Robert is 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 playing. He this is the first year he's actually like, you know, playing. And I mean, on my fingers crossed that he's got the rest of his contract and the next ten years of his his career where he's 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 playing in ninety percent of the games because he is going to put together. I mean, arguably, he's going to put together a Hall of Fame career if he can stay healthy enough to do that. He's got that kind of uh, talent. Where even when he's not hitting, you're chasing those you know crazy sliders two feet off the plate. Defensively, he's making it worthwhile. Maybe base running is making it worse worthwhile. Uh, so I mean, this guy is a stud, and the rest of the team. I mean, the number two war on the team is no longer on the team, not coming back to the team. Uh, and I'm not even sure at this point, Lucas, I'm sorry. I'm not sure if we want you back. Oh, I mean, we need starters, but I'm not sure we want you back on the team because something has gone very wrong with you. And, of course, the number three guy we don't want we didn't team. want in the first place, did not want him back, even though something tells me he's coming back. Um, uh, th thoughts on the fact that, I mean, this is going to, I mean, when you're on a pace to lose a hundred games, you're not going to have a lot of standout players, but the idea that say it, not to pick on Andrew Benintendi, but he has not been a guy who has justified close to the contract he was given. Uh, Oscar Colas, a guy who we thought, you know, maybe a one or two war player, you know, as a, a nice sort of like little mini breakout rookie season. No, he's in the negatives. Um, you know, our only rookie of, of any sort of note is Gregory Santos. He of the, uh, walk off box. So uh, there is just not much of a supporting cast. And I'm afraid to say there might not be Brian much of a supporting cast somehow in the pipelines or coming back from the dead next year. How do you assess this roster? Are, is, are there hidden gems that I'm, I'm missing on um, that could really, again, right. It could crack out of the crypt for 22 and four and make this team, surprisingly competitive in a division that we know, again, will be lousy. I mean, obviously I want 
you know, Sosa's shown some flashes. Colossus not. I mean, that just has been he's been worse than most of the other players. I want to keep thinking, well, yeah, Tim's going to bounce back. Aloy's going to bounce back. These guys are, but no, I don't really have any hope. Like, I mean, if I was asleep for 2023, <laughs> like I still might. I still had a little tiny hope that I had at the beginning of this year, but no, it's beaten it out of me. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I've been around for enough that I should have done so before, but this just did. Like, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, Montgomery in the in the minors. I mean, there are guys who still might be a couple years away, but I just don't have any faith, unfortunately, that they're going to. It just doesn't seem right, you know? Like, I don't know. I'm, I also have uh, the U.S. Open on, and I don't know if you follow tennis at all, but... Alcaraz is this guy a couple of years ago. He came up, everyone's like, he's going to be the next great player. And he actually is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got guys on the Braves who are the next great player and they are, you've got all sorts of people. They say they're going to be good. And I really want to believe all of that with the White Sox, but it never quite pans out. Mm-hmm. So as much as I don't want to be a pessimist, I usually try to be walk on the sunny side of the street. I just don't see it. So, I mean, even Luis, I mean, if we really, I mean, if, if somebody was, you know, if we had to put our lives on the line for predicting what Luis would be doing next year, it would be that he's going to play 80 games. He's going to play 80 good games, but he's going to play half the season because that's that's what it's been. And I don't want to predict that. I don't want to speak that into existence. But if we, you know, if we were going to just go with the odds, that's what it would be. Okay, you may want to. You know, if you're running, or, I mean, again, uh, uh, I'm, I'm looking at baseball reference right now, so I don't know if you're standing and pacing, but you may want to sit down, Brian, because I'm going to give you baseball references. And I know fan graphs can be different and baseball perspectives can be different. Uh, who cares? Let's just talk about one kind of war. I'd like to pick the one that like makes the Sox look best, but I don't think there is one that makes them look good at all. So let me just run down our top 10 again. You may want to be seated or pour a very stiff drink. Jake Berger's number four. Jake Berger's no longer on the White Sox. Now come back to the White Sox. Gregory Santos. So, I mean, you could, there's two ways to look at this. Hey, a rookie is really making an impact. And then you can also say, oh my God, a rookie reliever who was not even a lock to make the opening day roster. What Was he even on the opening day roster? I mean, I know he was up very early. Was he on the opening day? I don't know. 1.4, fifth, fifth, fifth on this team in war. A reliever. Not even playing a like a. I mean, he's in the closer role now. Not you know, he's been a maybe a setup guy. Not even in a significant uh, leverage circumstance. Brian, number six in WAR on the Chicago White Sox in twenty twenty three is Jesse Schultens. <laughs> but to be fair, tied with him is Andrew Vaughn, who we heard was going to be just a. Uh, a simple switch was right. Abreu goes to Houston, Under sliding one. Andrew Vaughn at his natural position, the uh, the diminutive first baseman. I mean, again, he's taller than me, so I shouldn't. I'm not taunting him, but for a first baseman, he's a little guy, and I'm not saying he should have caught Tim Anderson's errant throw that led to a loss yesterday against Kansas City, but other first basemen would have. Ball. Dylan Cease also tied. So Jesse Schultz <laughs> and Dylan Cease runner up to Cy Young in 2022. 1.0 war 
not even a regular, that doesn't even qualify him as a regular like starter uh, this year. Michael Kopech, who may not even be starting for the rest of the season, and that may actually be a good thing because he's walking 17 people a game, is ninth on the team at 0.9. Now we don't even have the one war level. Kendall Graveman, long gone. He's 10th on the team. Elvis Andrus, <laughs> should not be on this team, is 11th on the team at 0.7 war. And one of the, the Rick Hahn's last triumph, Tuki Toussaint, the team. 0.7 war, 12th on the team. 12th Very. on the team. So ahead of all our catchers. Ahead of our DH, ahead of all our other outfielders, ahead of our shortstop, ahead of our third baseman. I mean, this this is it doesn't make any sense. This is grim. It is grim, and it's so grim. I apologize. I'm going to let you wrap this up. I need to. Jump. Okay, fair well, enough. This has just been broken my heart, but. Hey, everybody! We've had fun. Uh, we'll do another podcast at some point. Uh, Brian's got a dash. Uh, who could blame him? Uh, we'll be doing number 160 at some point. Uh, but thank you for spending some of this off day with us. Brian, thanks for taking some time out to talk about all of this stuff. And we are dashing. But again, we'll be back sooner than you think. You'd think 2024. No, we'll be back sooner than that. We'll be, we'll be back. talking to you at some point.